When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Down on us, we live it up. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Have you watered or fertilized today? Never. Live <laughs> from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I'm always thinking of different messages to give to the team. We all water. We all fertilize. Have you watered or fertilized today? Never say never, but never. Today's <laughs> guest, Fox Sports college football analyst, Joel Klatt, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Jerry Rice, actor and comedian, Jeff Garland, plus co-host of Peacock's Brother from Another, Michael Smith. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We've got a lot going on here today. Thanks for joining us here on NBC Sports on Peacock and NBC Sports Audio on Sirius XM, our Odyssey uh, station, coast to coast, that you can check us out every single day. You can stream us. And, of course, the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network, our YouTube page is how you can catch up on anything that you missed and our whole archive as well, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. We also repeat on NBC Sports on Peacock channel later on in the day. Plus, there's our podcast on the Cumulus Podcast Network. Chris Brockman, good to see you in hey, your Rich. position. Mike what up, what up, what up? Rich, good to see you. TJ Jefferson in his spot right there. Good to see you, TJ. What up, Richard? I am hanging out, getting ready for uh, Thursday Night Football tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, World Series uh, is all even at one apiece, and uh, tonight's the off night of the World Series. And tonight, though, week eight in the NFL Season begins, and it is a doozy. And uh, we've got the Packers and the Arizona Cardinals. And on Sunday, when we were all looking over the steering wheel, because we knew that the uh, Cardinals, um, despite being down 5-3 to three in their game against the, uh, the Houston Texans, most likely were going to win that game and arrive uh, for Week 8, the opener against the uh, Green Bay Packers at 7-0. and and uh, we knew the Green Bay Packers taking on the Washington football team in Lambeau Field had a good shot to take care of business against Taylor Heineke, and they did that. And, uh, and we figured they'll arrive at 6-1 and versus 7-0. and That'll be great. And who knew that Devontae Adams was going to pop for COVID the next day. And then on Wednesday night, uh, as we're sitting around watching the World Series and checking out uh, what's going on in the NBA, including the Los Angeles Lakers blowing a 26-point lead in Oklahoma City, uh, who knew that across our Twitter feed, we would learn that J.J. Watt played the second half of his game against his former team, the Texans, with a shoulder injury that will require season-ending surgery, according to Adam Schefter. Mm. No date set for the surgery. Uh, our guest yesterday from the NFL Media Group, Ian Rappaport, says that, you know, 
Uh, surgery is is common, likely, and that rehab, you never know, with J.J. Watt. But uh, looks like it's season-ending. So no Watt against his hometown team that he grew up playing against. And no Devontae Adams. No Alan Lazard, who you figured would be put into um, Devontae Adams' spot mm-hmm. because he's an unvaccinated um, close contact of somebody who has tested positive for COVID, didn't make the flight with the team yesterday. And that's how 7-0 and versus 6-1 and is set up with a backdrop for tonight. Chandler Jones, fresh off of the COVID-19 list, looks like he will be ready to go tonight. De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins is questionable. I need you to keep an eye on that throughout this three-hour program. Yeah, that's uh, since, very important. Since he is rostered in uh, 99.9% of fantasy leagues, you always see that number and you're like, I'd, I don't want to be in that fantasy league at 0.01% that does not have DeAndre Hopkins rostered sitting there uh, on a waiver wire untouched. <laughs> or I, I guess I'd rather be in that league. So... <laughs> That'll be something to keep an eye on on this program. Also know this, for anybody out there thinking this is a wrap because Rodgers doesn't have Devontae Adams and so on and so forth. Here's an interesting number I received from NFL Network Research, top-notch organization. Did you know that Aaron Rodgers, in prime time since 2020, okay, since the drafting of Jordan Love, <laughs> okay, the 2020 season combined with his already two nationally televised appearances this year against the Lions at home and the 49ers. Aaron Rodgers is 8-0 and in those primetime games with a touchdown-interception ratio of 26-1. to <laughs> Is that good? He's completed 75% of his passes in those eight games, amassed 2,000 yards passing in those eight games. His passer rating is a buck 30, is a buck 34 and a half. Nobody's had a better passer rating in primetime games since the beginning of last year to the current day. This is among quarterbacks with three or more primetime starts. Aaron Rodgers also, okay, but Devontae Adams is out, right? Devontae Adams is out. Devontae Adams is out. out. No, no 17 for 12? Uh, what's the problem? It's a, it's a big problem. Big problem. Uh, without Devontae Adams, since Matt LaFleur showed up, they played six games without Devontae Adams. Would you care to guess what the Packers' record with Aaron Rodgers quarterback? How many games game. again? Six games. They played six games. Six I'm going to guess they're six and oh. That's correct. He's completed 70% of his passes for 310 passing yards. His touchdown to interception ratio in that game, those games, are 17 touchdowns, one interception. Is that good? TJ confirmed? I would, yeah. Without so. Devontae Adams since Matt LaFleur became the Packers' head coach and in, 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 um, uh, and, and, and that's that. Because he missed uh, weeks five through eight in 2019 with turf toe and weeks three and four with a hamstring injury last year. And now here's week eight beginning without Devontae Adams. So keep that in mind tonight as Aaron Rodgers shows up in Arizona where, if you recall, he played his first career playoff game. Oh, Remember that one? I do. It was an offensive uh, juggernaut Crazy on game. tilt what? against Kurt Warner and the Arizona Cardinals. In overtime. And it ended on a, uh, a sack fumble mm-hmm. uh, caused by Aaron Rodgers getting hit in the face mask in his first career playoff game. No flag. I proffer to say, these days, that would earn a flag. <laughs> and it was, remember, Carlos Dansby ran that one in the end I zone. Know. And that's when, uh, that started the, the um, Super Bowl run for the Arizona Cardinals. That's right. So... Get ready to see video of that tonight. Can't wait for that. Six and one versus seven and zero. Oh. Both teams missing significant parts, and Aaron Rodgers has a history of performing well without his significant part. So 
That's in week eight, starts tonight. Another uh, team that has only one loss in the NFC coming off of a bye week at uh, five and one, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Dak Prescott, as we all know, in the uh, fifth win for the Dallas Cowboys, ending week six to go five and one, five straight wins since losing their opener. Green Bay's got six straight wins since losing their opener, although the state of Florida was much more kind to Dallas than it was to Green Bay. As we know, Dallas lost a close one, a squeaker, the night that Brady hoisted a banner in a spot other than New England for the first time. And so anyway, he walked out of New England with his uh, his leg in a, in a, uh, a walking boot with a calf injury, mm-hmm. suffered on the final throw of the game as he leapt and threw to CeeDee Lamb for a walk-off overtime touchdown. And it was like, good thing there's a bye week. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. And we heard from yesterday, Jerry Jones, or Jerry Jones talked on Tuesday about this needing monitoring, but he's feeling good about it. And Ian Rappaport said yesterday, absolutely he's going to play. No Everything worries. seems to be fine. Saturday, he was in the pool, right? In the pool. Right? Not the pond. Cooper Rush is in the pool. pond. Rush in the um, pond. And Jack so, yes, yeah, so uh, we heard that yesterday. And Ian's the one who said, hey, that precautionary MRI on his throwing shoulder during the, during the, during the summer, no big deal. That is actually precautionary. So, we listen to Ian, right? We listen to Ian. We hear absolutely. Ian. He said he thinks he's absolutely always listen to Ian. Well, today Mike McCarthy has spoken. TJ, you were this? Uh-oh. I did not know. That. Okay, Mike McCarthy has spoken today. Dak got through the limited practice yesterday, uh, healthy. Oh, great! He came through it fine. Um, however, Uh-oh. these calf injuries are dicey. This is what Mike McCarthy had to say about how they're going to approach Sunday night's game. Uh, given the unpredictable nature of a calf injury like this, if you were to play Dak, is there any consideration being given to having three quarterbacks available for the game? Definitely. Talked about it. I, I think all the hypotheticals that you know everyone here, I'm sure, has gone through. We've done the same. So, um, but you know. As I stated, there's no timeline on when we're going to make the decision. I, I think you just you take in the full week. You know, you, Dak has uh, a ton invested as far as his personal conditioning, and and you know we trust the relationship between him and Britt to get across that threshold. That's that's frankly where we stand. Three quarterbacks going to be Whoa. active. Do you know who the third quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys is? T.J. Jefferson, diehard Dallas Cowboy fan. The third quarterback. The third quarterback on the death chart. Yeah, Kellen Moore. That's incorrect. <laughs> That's the offensive coordinator. Oh, I just I just had to look it up. Will Greer. Oh, Will Greer out of West Will Virginia. Greer. Will Greer. Will Greer. He can play. Will Greer. He was um, a folk hero for the Mountain League. NBC already looking in to see if you can flex out of a game between quarters one and two. <laughs> Yesterday we were talking about, can NBC flex out of a game in the late window like, hey, you know, call up ESPN. Can, can you get the Giants on a plane now so we can play tonight? Kansas City? Or no, actually, they'll already be in Kansas City. Can you send them now? Yeah. And just just call 80,000 rowdy fans round it up. that would normally be there for a Monday right, night. Uh, put them on Sunday. Yeah, just move it. Call, call in all Chiefs fans. Get to the stadium tonight. Look, it doesn't matter if I was quarterbacking. The numbers are still going to be there. People are going to still watch. The NFC East is a wrap. You take a look, actually, right now as, as week eight starts. It's a wrap, please. It's it's a wrap. The NFC East is a wrap. And um, unless Dak gets significantly hurt. Yeah. And and, and you, you take a look, actually, in, in, in week eight. You can make a case that 
the NFC East is a wrap. The <laughs> NFC North is a wrap. Ooh. You can make that case. Okay, what, you, what else? Because I want to put up a poll here. Um, the NFC South, and this is another interesting one for this weekend. If the Bucks beat the Saints, that's a wrap. That'd be three and a half game lead with Tom Brady at seven and one, and the Bucks being uh, the Saints being four and three. That's a big, big, huge football game in the yeah. NFC South because Atlanta, I don't think, is going to run down Tampa and Carolina, having already benched Sam Darnold and now trying to reinstall him amidst them removing their name from the pursuit of Deshaun Watson in the rumor mill. They said the North, right? East and North. NFC East is a wrap. Yep. NFC North is a wrap. Okay. Okay. South? I will call that a wrap, even though the Vikings could be four and three and the Packers are six and two by the end of the weekend. Entirely possible. AFC um, East? AFC East, I, I think, is a wrap, but I will not because that involves Bill Belichick, and I, I, dare, I dare not uh, overlook him. I think the AFC East is a wrap. South? You said the South. AFC right? South, um, if the Colts lose and their season sweep by the Tennessee Titans, both South divisions in the AFC and the NFC in Week 8 could be placed in the wrap category, which is kind of crazy for the longest regular season ever. Right. But I'm looking over these steering wheels right now, and I'm seeing AFC South could be a wrap. The AFC East is the most likely wrapped because I don't think the Patriots can compete with the Bills over the long run, over a long haul. But this is a week-to-week league, and the it's been now uh, two, you know, it'll be about ten days since the Bills have lost, last lost a game and last played a game, and they lost it. Should we? Okay, so which which South do you like is more as a? I'm gonna put the AFC East in there as a wrap, and like which South do you like more as a wrap? I'll take the AFC South. Okay. Then. Although both divisions can be a wrap if the winning team, the team that leads the division right now, wins this weekend, particularly the AFC South, because that would mean the Titans are done with the Colts and have swept them. This is great. NFC East should blow this out. But but. this is a big game also for the one-loss Saints. The one-loss Rams in the NFC, they're going to Houston, and that should be be a, a, a safe assumption which is the words you have to use in the um, in the NFL right now. But that's what Week 8's about right now. Love it. Pretty much setting that up with the undefeated Cardinals taking on the Packers tonight and then the Cowboys taking on the Vikings later on on Sunday night. And then you've got the Saints taking on the Bucks in a late window on Fox on Sunday for Halloween. That is a big, huge football game. And then you've got the Tennessee Titans and the Colts in the AFC South. That one is a monster contest because, again, the Tennessee Titans have already beaten the Colts, and that would be a season sweep. And that would be a wrap in that division, too. For the longest regular season in the history of the NFL, to have those many divisions essentially decided through eight weeks would kind of be a surprise. Well, the NFC is just a beast with all the it is. one you could, you could pretty and much, the undefeated Cardinals. You could pretty much tell through as we're entering week eight tonight who's taking up most of the games in the musical chairs of the NFC playoff race. Mm-hmm. You know, which is why, you know, who's taking that seventh seat, why the 49ers are still in the mix, why the Bears are technically still in the mix, why the Vikings look pretty healthy coming off of a bye week right now. If they could beat the Cowboys and get that in their win column, 
in the NFC tiebreaker as well. That would be pretty neat for them. You know, that seventh seed is what kind of keeps a lot open in the NFC. So setting a table for a very fascinating program. Who's on, you ask? Well, Jeff Garland and our number three of Curry hey, Enthusiasm. Big bowl of fun. Oh, big bowl of fun with Jeff. Diehard Bears fan. He's got the Goldbergs and Curb Your Enthusiasm both back for seasons 9 and 11, respectively, on ABC and HBO, respectively. Uh, Michael Smith will help us take us to his show on Brother From Another right here on NBC Sports on Peacock. Hour number two, um, this is, I mean, this is what I love about this show. Can it get any further away, polar opposites, from one end to the other of the NFL spectrum, from Jerry Rice... Oh, and Byron Kennedy. Jerry Rice needs no introduction, but I will give it to him. Pro Football Hall of Famer, subject of NFL icons on Epic Saturday night, and also uh, considered the greatest football player of all time in he's many on, months. He's on the like short list. And Byron Kennedy is the Bucks fan who had the <laughs> 600th <laughs> touchdown pass ball of Tom Brady's in his possession for a hot minute. <laughs> well, just, just read About how he's minutes. fond. Read Buccaneers how he's fond fan on, on, on the screen, folks. It says Buccaneers <laughs> fan got and gave back Tom Brady's 600th TD pass. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's and about by it. By the way, his, his headshot, his, his headshot is, is great. Is wearing a sombrero. Well, that's from his Twitter feed. That's uh, from his Twitter just, handle. It's just phenomenal. I mean, can it get? Can you? They're back to back guests on this show. Can you get from one end of the NFL spectrum right. to the other? This is why you tune in to Marshall. That's show. right. <laughs> and you know, I would I would never say that would never happen, but you know, the soundbite of the year, man. I can't get enough of that one. Can you hit it for me, Mike? I, never I say never, but never. God, it's the greatest. <laughs> I want to hit that a little bit more in the show, but let's uh, take a break. And coming up next is Joel Clatt of Fox Sports. Oh boy, he's calling Michigan versus Michigan State. <laughs> What a game on Fox on Saturday, that and much more, including Tomlin with USC with the football analyst, college football analyst coming up next. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is 
unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. In the day two years ago, back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. So now, you know, this this year I have not been pounding the Michigan table. I haven't talked about them very much at all. We're not talking show. about them like three days a week no. like normal. Right. I mean, well, well or <laughs> what's wrong with them right. or whatever. Good, and your boys well. trying to put me in a right. difficult position. Yeah. And well, it's funny to watch. It's funny for us to watch you squirm talking about. Well, yeah. I mean, it's they're seven and oh now. Yeah, they're good. OK. They're good. And, they're good. They're good. and now comes the, the rough stretch. The yeah. states, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State over the next several weeks. It's triple crown. And uh, as you know, uh, you rank six. You know, I, I've been yeah. in my house that, uh, you know, I. Uh, I, I bought this house. Susie and I bought this house five and a half years ago. We've been there five years. Really? And yeah, I bought it from a Michigan State oh, right. graduate. That's right. You were scared. To death. And <laughs> I'm planning because it's Halloween week tomorrow night. I'm going to get that little woman from Poltergeist. I don't know if she's alive or dead, <laughs> but somebody who looks just like her. She's going to clean the house. Okay. This house will be clean. Fair. In time for noon kickoff on Fox. <laughs> Big news. Big game called by Gus Johnson and friend of the program, Joel Clad is back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Joel? Good. What's going on, bud? How are you doing? Oh, boy. I'm, um, I've been very, you know, my, my kids, I've got a 13, a 10, and an 8, okay? And they have used a word I'd never heard of before. Uh-oh. It's a combination of nervous and excited. I'm nervous-sided for Saturday's <laughs> game. I'm a nervous-sided man. For kickoff. Oh man! On that, Saturday, that, that seems like every test I ever took in my uh, <laughs> school days. Nervous sided. Um, man, I I could not be more excited for this one. This mm-hmm. this is you know th- there are there are some rivalries out there that are great, obviously, but there there are ones also that probably fly a little bit under the radar from a national perspective, but because of the blurred lines of the fan bases have more vitriol to them. This is one of those. And, I mean, they there is no love, love lost between the players, uh, the fan bases, and it, this one should be excellent. Um, I, I can't remember, obviously, a time that this rivalry meant so much to both programs and meant so much to college football in general. I mean, the last time they were both in the top ten to face each other was 1964. So this should be... An absolute bloodbath, and I am here for it. And they've never been seven and zero. Each of them coming into this game as well. Um, so let's let's talk about um, Michigan State a little bit. Um, they beat Miami earlier this year, um, mm-hmm. and and so uh, you know you take a look at the rest: Northwestern, Youngstown State, Nebraska, Western Kentucky, Rutgers, Indiana. So they haven't seen a team as as composed and stout. Um, as Michigan, how, how do you see Michigan State matching up in this game? Well, Joel? I think that Michigan State has done such a good job of forming an identity and, and playing to that identity in a short time under their, their head coach, Mel Tucker. This is only his second year, and granted, they've done a lot of things in, in the transfer portal, so they've got a lot of new players, 40 new players on their team this year, 
that weren't there a year ago. And they're getting a huge contribution from a lot of those guys. Kenneth Walker is one of those guys. He's the transfer um, that came in and has really transformed their running game. Comes in from, from Wake, and he's been terrific, uh, leading rusher in the country. But I think more than anything else, it's their it's their toughness and their mentality. You know, Mel Tucker was at Colorado. I got to know him pretty well when he was there. And he's unapologetically tough. Everything in practice is about competition and toughness. Everything in the weight room is about competition and toughness. He is very disciplined about the, the style of player that he wants, uh, the mentality of the player, and also the frame of the player. If you look around at this roster – he has built this in the mold of more of an SEC roster. They're much faster on defense, Rich, than they have been in the past. And they're much longer on the outside. You look, they've got two corners, both transfer portal guys that came in, one from Florida, one from Alabama, Ronald Williams and Chester Kimbrough. They're both over six foot tall. Ronald Williams is six foot two. So he's doing things because of his history in the SEC, trying to bring an SEC style of defense to the Big Ten, where they get after the quarterback, they're long on the outside, and they get great linebacker play. Uh, they've got one of the best pass rushers in college football, Jacob Panashuk, who is just behind Aiden Hutchinson. So this is a team that will run it well. They're explosive on offense uh, with a couple of good wide, wide receivers, and they're fast on defense and long on defense. And I think uh, I think Michigan is in for a very tough road because this this team is going to be ready for them. And Michigan has shown an inability to be explosive in the passing game. Yep. And you know the Spartans are going to be loading up on that run game for the Wolverines. Well, in terms of that, with the passing game explosive for Michigan, you've seen J.J. McCarthy, uh, the second-string quarterback on the depth chart behind Cade McNamara, who is just looks – you know, he plays football like Harbaugh did for Michigan, to be honest with you. Moxie and intelligence and toughness and taking care of the ball and being a perfect extension – for Harbaugh in the same way that Jim was for Bo back in the day. Uh, and he's made one mistake that Michigan was able to overcome, which was a, a, an interception in the second half against Nebraska. But McCarthy has a big play ability, and you see Jim kind of dabble with him yeah. a little bit. Do you think, like, what do you, have you had conversations about Harbaugh, about why and what? And, and maybe it's for games like this now that they're taking yeah. on the states, Michigan, Penn, and 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 Ohio for 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 this moment. I have, uh, as well as Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator, and I think it's fascinating because in this day and age, you know, I think it's easy for coaches to scare themselves into a situation where they have to play one or the other, and and also they scare themselves into or get pressured into via their fan base to play the more talented player all the time and the one with more recruiting stars mccarthy if no one knows out there is a five-star recruit he's a true freshman Cade mcnamara he's he's a more veteran guy and he's a little bit more steady let me put it to you this way and this is my words not theirs mm -hmm. but i'm going to paraphrase kind of what they say they would not be seven and zero without Cade mcnamara being their starting quarterback fact there's a good chance that they can't get to 12 and 0 or 11 and 1 without JJ McCarthy playing more significant role or even being their starting quarterback moving forward. Okay, so if you start to to think about this and I think that they had a long view to begin the season where they know like listen, in order to give ourselves the best chance to win, Cade's got to play. He's not going to turn the ball over. We know we're very good up front on our offensive line. We've got these two great backs and we're just going to be able to bludgeon people 
to death, really, and, and win games. Now, if we can get through Wisconsin on the road or Nebraska on the road and, and we can win those games, we're going to set ourselves up for a chance to make a run here late in the season, late October and November. Now, having said that, rather than just put all their chips in that basket, they understand that Cade McNamara probably has a lid or a ceiling to where he can take the offense. I wouldn't categorize him as an above-the-X's-and-O's player. Here's how I would play, uh, put it. They don't have a wide receiver right. that takes Cade's game to the next level, and Cade doesn't take any of their wide receiver's game to the next level. J.J. does, potentially, but he's the unbroken colt that you know you get on and you're like you just don't know so you don't want them to buck you off against wisconsin or washington early in the season and lose you a game with with a with a poor interception or a mistake but at the same time you know that that ceiling that Cade has on his on this offense may need to be ratcheted up and that that lid may need to come off of that offense at some point down the stretch maybe it's this week so they played him and it wasn't just small packages. They gave him the offense and would allow him to play in big moments and, and shuttle him in at times. So now, if and when they need to go to J.J. McCarthy, he's not an unknown commodity. They're not, quote, replacing the quarterback. They're just giving him an expanded role within the offense. I think it's been very smart from them. They understand what they're going to need here in the back half of the season. And I think they're more prepared to answer some of those questions if and when they arise than maybe they have been in the past. What a what a backdrop, right, for six versus eight. Uh, a big-time rivalry in college football for the Big Ten, top ten matchup where where Michigan State uh, with Mel Tucker rumored maybe to be um, a, a coach in the, in the eye of other teams that might want to hire him. And then obviously Harbaugh, this stage of his career as the coach and a kid – that might come in at quarterback and put some spice in it. I mean, you and Gus have got quite the piece of filet mignon served yeah, up. There's, at there's noon no doubt. In, in particular, when you know that this this matchup, the Ohio State matchup, these types of matchups, right? You know, anybody else in college football can point to a seven and zero record, and everyone would be like, "Man, our coach is getting it done this year. Yes. We're so excited." Not in Michigan. Oh, uh, no, no. Everyone's just sitting back, and you're like, okay, let's see it on October 30th. You know, let's see it on November 27th. Um, that, that, that fan base, you included, I think would fall into that. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm actually thrilled that, with this. It's been a while, man, you know, and I, I like it. I like seeing the, the fun that they're having. And, you know, I mean, Pat Forty with a great story about a fun house that Harbaugh's building, right? The football fun house or something. Yep. I kind of dig it, and of course, Michigan State just wants to just wipe them, wipe the floor with them. Um, you know, personally, just to put a button on this, and we'll talk about some other college football stories. Uh, I think Michigan has been preparing for this game all year; that they're built to win a game like this. It's just what happens, you know, on Thanksgiving weekend. That's I, I don't know if they've got that firepower. If it's going to be a forty to third, you know, a fifty to forty game or something like that, I don't know. That's why McCarthy's such a fascinating figure. To me. Exactly, sure. and, and this is why I can't wait to see, like, when when is it when he gets fifty percent of the snaps or sixty percent of the snaps? Right? What <laughs> what drive do they need it the most when they need his legs to affect the defense and his ability to throw it down the field? It's 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 so fascinating, and I love it. This is why I love college football. Mm. And you're right that the mentality of this team is far different than the teams previous that I've covered at Michigan. Uh, there is an, an element of love of the game that's maybe a little higher 
uh, and love of each other, to be honest with you. I know that's hard to measure and talk about, but this is a team that really loves football. I think led by uh, Hassan Haskins and Aiden Hutchinson, those two guys set the tone. Hutchinson being one of the best players in college football, a guy that no doubt, you know, you and I will be talking about <laughs> come springtime when it comes to the NFL draft is one of the top um, draft picks next year. So um, it's just a fa- it's a fascinating game. Uh, and by the way, Michigan State, if they if they win this, mm. that sets the world on fire. Sure does. Right? Like, LSU is going to be banging down their door if they win this game for their head coach, and they're going to be saying, please don't leave us. They already gave him $5.5 million to be there, which, you know, for a guy that hadn't won as a head coach is a lot of money. They're paying his assistants a lot of money. I think the pool for their assistants plus the head coach is somewhere over $11 million bucks. So, you know, Spartan land, this is a big one there, too. Certainly sets up the uh, week weekend before Thanksgiving at Ohio State for Michigan State and then the weekend of Thanksgiving versus Penn State. That that, that could be for all the the shooting match for who I guess would, would take on Iowa, one would think, in the other in the other conference. Uh, the you other, know, that the other, other side of the division is so fascinating. With Purdue beating Iowa, right. Wisconsin still technically controls their own destiny, kind of. So I mean, it's uh, there's also Purdue's still alive. Iowa is alive. Like it's it's all over the map. Joel Klatt, few more minutes left with Joel Klatt, who is calling Michigan, Michigan State uh, on Saturday at noon with Gus Johnson um, and the rest of the Fox crew on uh, joining me here on the Rich Eisen show. Here, here's a storyline. Let's front load it for December. Can a guy who comes in, in the middle of a season be considered a Heisman Trophy candidate? And Caleb Williams in in uh, Oklahoma. What do you think of that? I. I I think that you could consider him a candidate, and, and that's as far as I'll go. Um, I just I, I believe in honoring the totality of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe that, that he should win the Heisman Trophy because he has not played the requisite games. And I know that there's not you know some number, but part of being the best player in college football is being the best player in college football for your team for the entire season. And and we haven't. It's totally unprecedented for a guy to miss even a couple of games and win the Heisman Trophy. So, while it's a great story, and and I love what he's doing for that team, he's still, to me, somewhat of an. They almost lost to Kansas, you know. And and I know it wasn't because he played poorly, but at at some point, you know, th- that has to weigh into your equation, in particular when you've got guys that I think have put together a better full body of work to be quite honest with you. I think Bryce Young's body of work is, is better than Caleb uh, uh, Williams. I, I think that Matt Corral's body of work, Kenny Pickett's body of work, C.J. Stroud's body of work, um, yeah, Kenneth Walker at Michigan State. I mean, there's there's guys all over the place that have a better full body of work than what Caleb does, and I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment to see what this kid is doing. Uh, while it's amazing, I, I, I don't believe that he should win the Heisman Trophy. Well, I've I've never seen a player, Joel, spark a replay review because he has stolen the ball away from his own ball carrier to make sure (laughs) there's a first down on fourth down. I've never seen that before, but I did see it against Kansas. And and yeah, but you, yeah, they, they almost lost to Kansas. But there's always that clunker, right? When, when you go on the road in, in conference, with, against somebody that that can hang their entire season on a one win that day against you, and they didn't have suffer that loss because of this kid. Yeah, you know, and that so. that play I think uh, was 
Never it seen was one of the more impressive plays I've ever seen in my entire life. Right. And and it, I love watching him, and I don't want to diminish him as a player. That sure. doesn't mean that I don't think he's not great because he is, and he has sparked this this team to, um, I think, a, a much better version of themselves. Uh, you look in particular at their run game. They've averaged 220 yards or more a game in those three games since he's taken over. That that was vastly different than what they were under Spencer Rattler, in large part due to the fact that he's contributing not only with those like 75 rush yards per game, but he's threatening the defense. His ability to make throws down the field on time and more in rhythm than one Rattler was doing is is tremendous. And having said that, even with that moment, ripping the ball away from Kennedy Brooks in order to save a victory, I just don't think he's played enough games. Yeah, I, it, I, again, just uh, I, I I hear you and I agree with you. I've just never seen somebody create a play where the officials say, "Let's stop. We got to take a look at that." Yeah, like what's going on? Is that legal? I don't know. That was amazing. I, saw it. I was like, "Wait, that was is amazing. that legal?" I don't know. That's <laughs> no, it's amazing. Um, last one for you here: uh, the uh, Carson Palmer mention of Mike Tomlin's oh. name uh, for USC's open candidacy on our buddy Dan Patrick's show. Look, uh, when I was in high school, Christy Brinkley was on my wish list, too. So, <laughs> hey, you know, hey. just breaking news. Um, so uh, what do you make of, of that? And where do you think the USC coaching search is if they're really spending time on Mike Tomlin, which I think is a non-starter, clearly? Well, so. I, I think that swinging big is fine. And, and I think that USC does have cachet. Um, and, and I don't think that they have to limit themselves. Now, having said that, I, I loved what Mike said. Um, yes. I love what, I, I mean, that's how you turn a job down. <laughs> and I think it's also, by, by the way, I love that. it might be sneaky brilliant to, cha- to challenge billionaires about the size of their blank check. <laughs> that's, Good that point. was the best part for me. I was like, uh, he was like, there's not a big enough blank check. And I'm like, really? Like, uh, are we? <laughs> Have you so met Dr. Dre? Right. Now, having said that, the only part that, that, that I thought was, was interesting that he bristled at, and I understand it was heat of the moment, but when he's talking about Andy Reid, he's talking about Sean Payton. Right. Well, with all due respect to Mike Tomlin, those guys weren't mentioned by Carson Palmer, right. who's part of the search committee for the open position. So this this had nothing to do with a disrespectful question to him personally. In fact, the journalist who asked the question was just doing their job. So I have a little bit of a problem of getting on a soapbox and making it seem like the question is absolutely ridiculous. It's not a ridiculous question because of what was reported by Carson Palmer. If you want to get mad at Carson Palmer, that's fine. John Harbaugh doesn't get mad when he gets mentioned for college jobs, which happens more regularly than when, when it happens for Mike Tomlin. This has been the first time. And he's got what I would – considered to be a very similar style resume and style job in the National Football League, a very good organization that's having a lot of success, a deep tenure, a good GM over a course of a couple of different GMs, just like Mike Tomlin. And and he gets asked about it as well and doesn't have a blow-up moment. So while I want to praise, like, that's how you turn a job yes. down, it also shouldn't have gotten personal, as if, like, how dare they ask me about it. It's like, listen, your name was brought up. You're going to get the question. I think part of it might be that Palmer's a, a Bengal, you know, or originally was. <laughs> At least I know that's what Steeler fans think. all over the place, right? Yeah, He's I know. To himself, like, how do I help my old organization? Here's how I do. The best, 
the easiest way to be defeated is be distracted. So he just threw a distraction grenade right in there to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That sneaky brilliance by Palmer. Well, Joe. But man, I wish I at some point let's yeah. all hope that we're in a position to challenge a billionaire about the size of their blank check. <laughs> Joel Clack, thanks for the call. Uh, and once again, uh, you will have my emotions, you and Gus, um, in, in the palms of your hands and your headsets. And um, I, I will be glued. I will be glued and hopefully uh, joyous by the end of the day. But I, I know uh, the call will be great. You guys are awesome. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that, Rich. Have a good one, man. Right, Can't wait catch to- you. Hook up later in the year. Okay, you got it. That's Joel Klatt right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Love that guy, man. Love that guy. He said something right there about uh, about what Tomlin said. I want to I want to pull on that strand a little bit. And plus, Mike, I, I, don't play it now. Play play well, it next. I, I, I might like, I might want the entire press conference the answer. Whole thing. I want the entire great. answer from yeah, soup to nuts. Yeah, I, I, I might want to hear that every day. It's a good. Plus, that's the way <laughs> to water and fertilize our rundown. Uh, let's take a break right here on the Rich Eisen Show before Jerry Rice joins us and then the guy who got Tom Brady's ball and handed it back. They're back-to-back on this show on the same, <laughs> the same rundown. We're watering, we're fertilizing. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind the scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. On our radio broadcast, Terrestrial, and uh, also Sirius XM and Odyssey and NBC Sports on Peacock. It's just been sitting with me for for a couple days, man. It's just been sitting with me. Mike Tomlin, this is this is this is the best, man. This soundbite is great. Who do who do we have on yesterday who said it was just like it's it's up there with the all time great coaching rants, right? We had somebody on yesterday. Did Joe Manganiello. Say that? Yeah, Manganiello yeah. said it's up there. Joe, great point by Joe Manganiello, all yeah. the way from Ireland. It's up there. Playoffs. Yes, and it's up We're there. We're talking about practice. It is up there. Yeah. Uh huh. Sometimes it takes a while for us to realize that it's up there. It's up there where we are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Mm-hmm. You got that, Mike? You know, you know, he's got that, but I mean. Can we, let's soup to nuts this thing. The whole man. thing? We're just going to play I, the I whole want, thing? I want the full on soundbite. I love it. Go for it. Please roll it. I want Guys, it. Guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. <laughs> I mean, it's the greatest. Okay. Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. <laughs> That's the line, dude. Anyone else? All right. 
Thank you. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? You know, anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? See, now what makes a great rant from a coach? Here's what makes a great rant from a coach. It's not it's not profanity. Nope. Even though th- there was profanity in in Denny Green's Right. Yeah. We are who they thought we were. And he said he used the BS twice, right? But stick like back to back, like rapid fire BSs. That that's that's what makes a what makes a rant great is sometimes working yourself up. Like it started with Tomlin. He knew he was going to be asked the question. He gets asked the question. He begins to answer it. And then he begins to get angry Mm -hmm. in the middle of it. And then you've got not one, but two great lines. Two great lines. Where it's like, never say never, but never. (laughs) And then there's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Yep. And Joel Klatt just said, Last segment here, something interesting that that's kind of like calling out a billionaire (laughs) in a way like you don't have enough money for me. And do you think like Jimmy Iovine heard that and is like, let me get my checkbook. (laughs) That's why I said he's never met Dr. Dr. Dre, you know, whose name is Uh, on a building there. there. How much money do I actually have? Does Spielberg care about who's the The coach of USC Will Ferrell? I thought you were going to say, does Spielberg care about money? Like, no, he has but I'm too just much. Saying, you know what I mean? Like, they can build a bridge from Pittsburgh like USC, to USC's got, USC's got bank, man. Come Spielberg on. net worth $3.7 billion. I mean, he could stroke a check. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But Jimmy Iovine's like, you know what? Hold my We drink. sold a few headsets around here, right? Like, uh... Headphones. <laughs> he beats so for how much did Dr. But, J sell beats for? And, and Joel takes the approach there of saying that that's a way to actually fish out a blank check large enough. Mm-hmm. But he said, never say never, but never. And then what really makes a rant that much better is when you hear off mic somebody oh, who yeah. is running the press conference say anything else. Or in the case of Denny Green, Mark Dalton of, yeah. of Arizona going, thanks, coach. Like, it, yeah. that just adds something extra. And then after that happens, with thanks, coach, that was the end of it. But this one, anything else, the person who had anything else was, was him. Tomlin. Yeah, he had something else. And then the ultimate <laughs> is you have ended the press conference. Walk That's off. what Denny Green did. Walked off. Walk off. Right? Yeah. Walk off. Get up. Get out, stare at everybody, and go. I think we, I don't know if enough people have realized that we have a new one. The one being an all time great coach rant mm-hmm. from Mike Tomlin. Yeah, as you're saying this, Rich, I'm putting up a poll. What's the best part of Mike Tomlin's presser? <laughs> so we have deconstructed it. So I have it. So, so we okay. broke it down, and I, I think you hit all the points, too. The blank check line. Phenomenal. I love that one. The emphatic never. Yes. The emphatic never. The overall tone. Yes. And the walk-off. The walk-off. Yeah. The walk-off. Matt Leiner will be next. I mean, that was fantastic. Thanks, Coach. We still have never had Matt Leiner. Like, what was that like to walk in that room after that? Did he? Was he aware that Denny Green had said what he had said? And then he just walks in, and he's just like, hey why is everybody freaking out around here? I know we just lost in horrible fashion, ask. but... We need to ask. What happened in here? Did you Do we know? need to open a window? Like, what happened in here? At Rich Eisen Show, vote right now. Need more air in here or what?
never say never, but never. That is just as yeah. that that's is, one of my favorite drops of all time. That's up there. I've had one thousands. Of, that's easily you, in my top five. Thousands. Like, like I have thousands of drops that I have you know, over my history of mixing. Oh, that oh. is of his, Rich, by the way, outside of the Rich Eisen show oeuvre of, of drops. By the way, Rich, you were in the t- you're in the top. You have a top ten, which is what I don't have it here. But what is it? I when I cursed. No, yeah, you're just no, making you stuff up right now. No, from the NFL Network days when your earpiece went out yeah. and we were doing a two way. Yeah, Schefter's on remote in Giant Stadium. Yeah, right. You yelled to the A two, and I would normally bring oh, Stefan. Right. I screamed out Stefan's hey, name, and Schefter's on the other end. Right. And literally jumped because he didn't know what you were doing. Your oh, ear went out. You yeah. couldn't hear. I mean, that, but that I can't laughing. be a top. That's not better eh, than this. Back in the old days. You've got better ones literally in front of you than that, Mike. I mean. I mean, you've got them all right there. I have. Sorry, Rich Eisen. That's a good one. Sure. <laughs> Balling. Okay, very good. I mean. We have been hoodwinked, well, bamboozled, led astray. Because that's actually germane for so many different things. Sea. Very good. Never say never, but Never. Never. You, I mean, talk about. Yeah. That's John Voigt. And he's saying I was, you know. Hey. Brockman loves that one. So, no, but I mean, <laughs> never say John never, Boyd. but never. Could you turn down a job more emphatically in five words? I mean, the economy well, of words, too. A double Love negative. Do- Mike Tomlin. A double negative. Coach Mike Tomlin entering the pantheon of all time great coaching rants. That was awesome. Jerry Rice is coming up right here on the Rich Eisen Show, and so is the guy who had Brady's touchdown bobble and then handed it back.